Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What does Aladdin wear to the office on casual Fridays? His blue genies. Why can't summer and winter vacation together? Because summer's always looking for a hot time, but winter just wants to chill. What's brown and sounds like a bell? Dong. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart bone exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner, gives me street cred. The wacko alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And my wife and partner in all things. Hello, Tacey. Hello. This is a show for people who had never listened. That was very uh, seductive. Hello. For people who had never listened to a medical show on the radio or the internet. Was that just wishful thinking on my part? It was. You were distracted. Oh, she's on her phone. That's why. If you have a question that you're embarrassed to take to a regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call. 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at DRScottWM. Visit our website at DrSteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we're not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking over with your health care provider. All right, very good. Well, thank you, Dr. Scott. Um, check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net, simplyherbals.net. And uh, check out stuff.drsteve.com. Mm-hmm. That is um, the place where you can buy the new uh, Bristol Stool Scale mug. And there's actually a video there. We've had a couple go out. I've got a couple orders that I need to fill. And uh, they're going, you know, there's only 30-some left. So oh, a limited edition. Yes, it's a limited edition. Once these are gone, no more of these particular ones will be made. Uh, we'll make the next batch a little bit better. But they're still okay. They're pretty good for, uh, uh, you know, white elephant 
uh, gift parties and stuff like that. Check that out at stuff.drsteve.com, or you can just click straight through and go to Amazon, and that actually helps us out a lot. Uh, tweakedaudio.com, I think that link is still working. Offer code FLUID, F-L-U-I-D. You'll get 33% off the best earbuds for the price. They're great stocking stuffers. And uh, Hanukkah gifts, and they have the best um, uh, customer service anywhere that I've ever seen. And then uh, patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. Give yourself the gift of knowledge and laughter. Oh, yes. As you check out our Patreon, it's uh, mostly Tacey and me with some guests. We just had Pete Davidson on. We've had uh, the, the Troika of Opie and Anthony. That includes Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton. Uh, we've had Bobby Kelly. Um, Joe DeRosa, uh, Greg, uh, Greg Norman, that's the golfer. That's the golfer. <laughs> that's great. So uh, Mark Norman and uh, other folks like that. So, uh, you know, check it out. We're going to have more of those type shows. And it's not a regular interview show. They call, it, they call in and ask us questions. So that's fun. And then uh, the best thing, though, and the cheapest, well, I should say less, least expensive, is to go to cameo.com slash weirdmedicine and get me to say uh, what up to you, mama, on Christmas, something like that. That's fun. I had uh, uh, High Pitch Eric say Christmas greetings to uh, Beck and Liam one year. It cost me 50 bucks, but it was worth it because they think that's hilarious. So Cameo's fun. I'm dirt cheap. And probably for the holidays, I'll make it even cheaper than that. So, oh, good. Yeah. Cameo.com slash weird medicine. And also uh, think about Rochester in February. Oh, you know, the weather is so nice around oh, the nice. Finger Lakes uh, in February. <laughs> There's going to be an awesome show there. There's going to be four different shows and a VIP meet and greet. And just go to watplive.com to get tickets and uh if you come and uh, say howdy do, I might buy you a beer or something, as long as you're not, you know, shooting for sobriety. And if you are, then a hearty handshake is in your future. All right, very good. Uh, don't forget to check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. And um, uh, Tacey, you'll be happy to know I'm not going to announce uh, Mr. Cardiff's birthday today. However, it is his wedding anniversary today. Oh, so oh, congratulations oh, aren't to Mr. We Cardiff. Funny? Aren't to, we funny? <laughs> to his uh, I wedding, mean, just wedding anniversary. Hilarious. Congratulations, sir, owner of our network. Sounds good. All right, very good. Hey, we got some good response from the Vinnie Torterich thing. clapping. Yeah. Uh, from the Vinnie Tortorich uh, thing last week. And uh, I, I'm doing some deep diving on some of this business. I, I, you know, he schooled us or schooled me pretty good on a lot of stuff, particularly the estrogen content in plastic. I was not aware of that yeah. on any level. So uh, I, I still would like to see if I mean, I know we don't want any, but we don't want any insect parts in our oatmeal either. And mm. we got to deal with some. Mm. Uh, is there uh, any clinical relevance to that? Because if there isn't, then it's like it's interesting. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes almost like uh, um, when 
uh, oh, the the governor from Minnesota. Governor. One of, what's oh, from Minnesota? Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura thank okay. you. It's the dementia kicking in. The first thing that you lose is being able to name things, Tay. So oh. we'll just get what ready. about finding your keys that are under your nose? <laughs> 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 that is funny. Yeah, stuff. I was looking for my keys. I got Tacy's <laughs> iPad out to search for my keys using the little Apple tag things, and they were literally. It wasn't even six inches from me. <laughs> I oh, goodness. I don't know what's wrong with me. Anyway. <laughs> I think um, it's called too much going on. Maybe. I hope that's what it is. I still seem to be high-functioning. I'm j- So I'm not so worried about the dementia kicking in, but it is – I am having some trouble with things like naming things and stuff like that. Well, anyway. Well, it's lack of sleep. Yeah, that's a big part of it. But uh, Jesse Ventura – uh, was talking about how there's fluoride in it's one of the ingredients in in uh, Prozac and it's like yeah there's three fluorine or I mean fluoride atoms fluorine atoms in uh, um, uh, in uh, Prozac mm-hmm. fluoxetine. But they're atoms. They're not ingredients. It's not a cake. It's not like you take a bunch of fluorine and then you take some carbon and some hydrogen. You all mix it up and then you've got Prozac, right? Uh, You have um, uh, fluorine atoms that are drawing electrons away from the rest of the molecule that makes that part of the molecule molecule more chemically active. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he was saying that that is evidence that putting fluoride in the water is trying to pacify the populace. Mm. Now, the vast majority of water in this country that is municipal has fluoride in it. Does this seem like a pacified fucking populace no. to you? No. So it's no. that kind of stuff. So what I really want to know is, does it make a clinical difference? Are people, because they're drinking out of plastic bottles, are guys getting growing you know, uh, gynecomastia? Are they getting breasts? Are women... Having a menarche earlier, in other words, you know, early um, uh, periods earlier, stunting people's growth, that kind of stuff. Is it doing that? Is it causing an increase in estrogen-sensitive cancers like breast cancer or uterine cancer? And if it isn't, is it doing anything at all? Is it in, you know, yeah, we can detect it, but is it something? So I'm looking into that. And then the business about soy still bugs me. Mm-hmm. That, that I don't know that I'm buying it completely. Are you? Well, Did no. You, it's what I'm saying yeah, I'd say, yeah. you know I don't know that soy uh, is an abomination. No. Now Vinny isn't here, to, but I would like to have him back sometime. And what we'll do is I've done a little bit of research on this, looking at health effects and atri- you know and adverse effects of uh, soy. And so we'll see. You know, it was funny, though, that night, though, Tacey and I, uh, we were cooking and uh, we looked, I looked at Tacey, I said, well, Vinny would be horrified because we were, I made fried tofu that I fried in cannolo. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> and what else did we have? There was something else we call it a Tortorich special, but I can't remember what it was. But anyway, check him out at VinnyTortorich.com. He's no longer the world's angriest trainer. He is now... The uh, you know just trying to get people to eat right so yeah. and it was fun having him on we we're yep. supposed to have him he on for great. fifteen minutes and it was forty five minutes yeah, into he it was and awesome. it just went by so fast so yeah. mm-hmm. anyway okay check him out um, so I had a couple of par- 
articles from last week. I yep. brought a, I wanted to bring a gross thing in. Uh, this one was um, from New England Journal of Medicine. It says, what's worse? Th- well, this is, okay, the image is from the New England Journal of Medicine, uh, but the article is not. It says, what's worse than a parasitic worm infection? A parasitic worm infection that causes a calcified bladder, a condition that probably feels every bit as uncomfortable as it sounds. A 43-year-old man in Cutter found out just how painful a calcified bladder can be. He had blood in his urine and pain when he micturated. It doesn't say that. It says peed, but I refuse to say that. <laughs> For a month before the doctors diagnosed him with an infection by the parasite. Do you know what it is? Get, he's in the Middle East, and it's in his bladder. Do you know, Scott? No. Okay, schistosoma or schistosomiasis, which is transmitted by freshwater snails. Okay. The man's infection was located near his bladder and ureters. Those are the tubes connecting the bladder to the kidneys. Mm-hmm. And eggs of the parasite ended up in the wall of the man's bladder. Ugh. And his body's immune response caused those areas of the bladder wall to become calcified in a pattern known as eggshell calcification. Ugh. Well, this kind of calcification as a result of schistosomiasis is not rare. It's unusual for doctors to see a patient with an entire bladder encased in calcium since it takes years for that much calcium to build up inside the body. So that was a hell of a damn thing. Dang. Yeah. He he probably was infected by the parasite as a child, and he lived with it for at least 30 years before they prescribed a treatment, which I guess is let's take your bladder out, and uh, sorry about that. Now, you can, if you take someone's bladder out, you can make a sort of makeshift bladder out of part of their intestine. It's called an ileal conduit, where the ureters actually um, empty out from the kidney, though the tubes coming Mm -hmm. from the kidney will empty into a diverted piece of uh, small intestine called the ileum. And, uh, yeah, that can, you can, you know, you make a little stoma out of the side of the abdomen, which is a stoma meaning mouth mm-hmm. or hole. And uh, you just hook up a bag to that and you pee out of that instead. But it can be done. Mm-hmm. So if you lose your bladder for whatever reason, all is not lost. Your life just becomes a little bit more challenging. challenging yeah. Okay. And there's the other one, uh, another one from an uh, image from the... Uh, New England Journal of Medicine, nothing ruins a day at the beach, quite like getting a fish bone stuck in your eyeball. Unfortunately, that's what happened to a beachgoer visiting the Red Sea in 2015. The 52-year-old tourist was swimming in the Red Sea when he collided with a school of fish. Oh, no. Those are dumbass fish. Usually they'll get out of your way. They'll always swim around you. Not long after the incident, the man developed a swollen and droopy eyelid that wouldn't heal. The doctor's visit revealed that he had an area of inflammation called a granuloma on his eyelid. That's just a collection of fiber and white blood cells, basically. And the patient uh, underwent surgery to connect the issue, but the granuloma wasn't the only thing doctors removed from the erstwhile swimmer's eyeball during the surgery. Erstwhile means he used to swim. That means he's never going to swim again, basically, is what they're (laughs) implying. Two tubular structures were also removed from the man's eyelid, according to the report published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2015. 
Um, a biologist was called in to examine these strange specimens, which you can do when you're at like a really highfalutin university, uh, which turned out to be the jaw bones of a half beak, a fish that dwells in shallow coastal waters. That's something. Dang. So there you go. In his eyeball. And, yeah, well, I was actually in his eyelid. Eyelid, okay. the, gotcha. I, I pulled it because it said eyeball, and then yes. it was clickbait. Oh, Lord. Because medical journalists or whoever make these lists don't... Know the difference between an eyelid and an eyeball. No. Anyway, so there you go. That was left over from. I was supposed to do that last week when Vinny was here, and he was just so interesting. So, so. he was a good one. Um, I, I was, you know, I bought a whole kit on, and I. It's <laughs> so funny. I uh, I bought a kit of. Um, you know, I've been getting into fermented stuff, yep. so I made yep. fermented pickles, which were amazing, by the way. Let's rewind. Since yeah, COVID yeah. started, how many different things did he get into, Taste? Let's see, baking. <laughs> I mean, it's he enough. Ba- it's enough. <laughs> baking. Yeah. And, and I did not and know then that, it was that fermenting what I was getting into when we got married. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it, pottery at that time. And then, I didn't and then know. it was winemaking. Yeah, she. that's right. We got wine married. Making, yeah, that was winemaking. Because I invited, invited her to pottery class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she came. She didn't realize that was just one of ten thousand things that I did. She thought that was oh, I'm this is that doctor who's the pottery guy. Yep. No, it's the doctor who's the dilettante. Yes, you're 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 like your face really should be. I am a fucking dilettante. ADHD. Yeah, that too. Times forty-seven. Well, yeah, old. no, yeah. I, that's why I was stupid, Steve. Uh, Growing up, because I had ADHD and they didn't know what that was. Well, now you're really smart, Steve. Yes, very smart. So, now. we've been through poker. Yeah, yeah, yep. Remember that? I remember that. Taught Wine. poker. Taught poker. Um, moonshine. Yes. Yeah, we made moonshine. Are, are you writing this down? You have a list. You're looking at no. something. No. no, we, no. Okay. I, okay. She's doing I'm this. I'm multitasking. From memory. Okay. Fair enough. Wine. So moonshine. Yes. yes. What what F- oh oh then Beer, we went liqueur. well then liqueurs yeah Liqu- liqueurs I was pregnant during all that so I didn't yeah I remember those days and then we we got into making sausage yeah with the links and all oh, that oh yeah and smoking them smoking them mm-hmm. and eating them and then we moved <laughs> mm-hmm. oh then we started just, having kids and then kids became the hobby for a while yeah, just never <laughs> well, you, you left out ham radio <laughs> by the way well and the it, whole time it's been and consistent gaming, ham and gaming radio. And, Painting yeah. his dolls, and then the, and then they are not the, dolls. And then you're forgetting the big thing, the Moog. The oh, Moog, oh yeah, the synthesizers. Oh yeah, then oh, yeah. The, then the Moog. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then and then the thing that you're sitting in right now, the yes. studio. So, yeah. which would be a great Christmas tree closet for me if you think about it. Think of all the stuff I could keep in here, but you know no. what? We could, we maybe could do something like that. <laughs> if we move the studio somewhere. Oh, yeah, let's do that. That, that has air conditioning and stuff. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, so I started oh, doing wow. this fermented stuff, and I thought it would be good for, you know, good for my gut and all that stuff, and I if I could get the kids to eat it. So I used to make yogurt and things, so I made the pickles, and I made sauerkraut, which Tacey ate. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't sour enough for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else did we make? I made, uh, oh, I made that fermented hot sauce that is 
kick ass. It is good. It is good. Oh my it's god, awesome. is it good? Good, good stuff. Yeah. I, and that all started because I had a um, a Tabasco pepper plant, and I never planted one before. And yeah. they're these beautiful little peppers. I think we talked about it last time. And they uh, they're all different colors, mm-hmm. beautiful. They're all perfect little things. And I read, well, I should make Tabasco sauce well, out of that. Go. Well, to do that, you have to ferment the shit. So that means you got to go buy all this stuff to ferment it. And it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, anyway, so I said, I am going to, for my hippie friend, mm-hmm. Dr. Scott, I'm going to make kombucha. So I got a starter kit. I got this thing, and I had this fantasy that I was going to supply you with all the oh, kombucha yeah. that you would ever want. And then today, so I'm ready, almost ready to bottle it, mm-hmm. my first batch. And um, Scott comes in, and I'm like, hey, Scott. Do you like uh, kombucha? He's like, eh, not that much. <laughs> yeah, which is, it's a requirement to be a hippie, actually. It's absolutely a requirement. So probably should have asked first before I went to all this. Well, why you know, would you think this. so? He's got a Grateful Dead t-shirt mm, on. He's got the man bun going. Mm. Well, and he's a vegan. And I goes figured with it. He likes kimchi. I remember you told me you like kimchi at yeah, one I do. Point. I do like kimchi. And, and, and I'm sure that your kombucha will be fabulous. No, I don't know. It's None I'm of sure it's fabulous. Are. It's it's an acquired taste for sure. I'll no. Be, I'm looking disgusting. forward to I'm looking forward to it. But when you talk about let's probiotics for a second. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know the the gut biome has a huge impact on. It, it's looking like even crazy shit like memory and mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, certainly mood. And certainly mood, when your gut is working, you know you can't separate your mind from no. your body. But when your no. gut is working, your mood is going to be better. Yep. Those kinds of things, and you could go buy those. Uh, capsules that have all these free dry freeze dried bacteria in it. Mm-hmm. And it'll be two or three strains of lactobacillus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, bacteria are so stupid and simple. You can freeze dry them, and then you put them in water, they come back to life. Right. It's ridiculous. But there's also yeast, good yeast in there as well, like Saccharomyces, which is basically brewer's yeast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and you might get 39 billion colonies out of that, and maybe, you know, 1% of those will survive. Wait, one thing at kombucha is, you know, is trillions of 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 bacteria in there and lots of different colonies, you know, just multiple, uh, uh, you know, colonies beyond what you can get in the store. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, you know, they're all beneficial. So, Mm -hmm. so, or at least they're benign Mm -hmm. and uh, they work well with your gut. I guess that's what I should say. I don't want to make any medical claims about it, but, but but anyway, so I'm fascinated by it. I'm going to make it. And then I'm sure after a while, (laughs) my starter, which is like a sourdough starter. Just more shit for the garage. There's a thing that's, that lives in it. That's like the sourdough starter. You ever made sourdough bread? No, but I thought some of the, I used to make sourdough bread and it broke my heart when the stupid starter died. And, uh, and I, well, fuck it did. I never made anymore. But uh, I uh, this thing has a thing in it called a SCOBY. It's a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yogurt. And one of our listeners was was the one that told me about this. Oh, cool. And it's a little floating alien that lives in there, and that's what makes the kombucha. You know, it ferments um, all the stuff. So... Okay, well, I'll call that person back later. But anyway, it, it's fascinating. The mm-hmm. whole process is fascinating. Don't know how in the hell somebody did this in the first place mm-hmm. without, you know, just effing it all up. Yep. But anyway, it's a whole thing. There are kombucha 
brewing stores. There's a whole section in the grocery store that I never realized was there. So anyway, I'll try to make something good. I'm going to make raspberry cherry kombucha. Oh, cool. If if you like it, fine. If you don't, I'll find somebody that will drink this damn (laughs) shit. Anyway. (laughs) I'm sure it will be good. that's, that's, That's my newest hobby. Anyway. All right. You got some stories? I love it. Oh, yeah. We got a couple stories. We could talk about how we're going to do our turkey this year. Yeah, I'm not so sure that I can beat the kombucha. Oh, it's it's, it's not as terrible. It's boring. Nobody cares. You know, when I'm when I'm sitting there talking about it, this is what I hear in my head. You know, it's just like, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> That's what I hear. Too. I know. I know. I love I know. it. Well, so we'll no, keep, I'm just kidding. I don't hear we'll that. keep things on the. Or I hear this. This is the other thing I hear in my head. Oh. Uh, that is very interesting. Please tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so, I understand. I feel your pain. It's our holiday show. We're recording this the day before Thanksgiving. See, we're going to keep it live. We're not going to give everybody all that shit that Vinny had, gave us last week. Brought everybody in. We're going to pick everybody up for the <laughs> for the Thanksgiving holidays, right? Well, I think he, he gave people hope that you can uh, eat and and have a better life. We're that's, gonna that's eat like thing. motherfuckers. Yes, tomorrow. we are, and enjoy it. That's and I right. am dry brining my turkey, and I will post a picture of it on Twitter. I quartered it last night. Mm-hmm. Took the breasts off, took the legs uh, and thighs, and then the wings, and then took all of that off. Took the carcass. I would have normally made uh, stock out of the carcass, mm-hmm. but I just said, "Screw it! I'll 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 cheat when I make the gravy." So, mm-hmm. um, but you could do that. You take the carcass and the neck and all that stuff in there and uh, put it in water and bring it, you know, boil it, uh, boil it down to about fifty percent, strain it, and then you can make gravy out of that. But I uh, did not do that. I wasted the carcass, but I dry brined it, so it's got. Tons of salt over it. It mm. will not taste salty mm. when when it's cooked, and uh, all those juices are now being driven into the center of the turkey, and they Ooh. stay there, Ooh. right? And they will stay there uh, even after it's cooked. So I'm going to sear the skin, and then uh, bake it for like 20 minutes in a um, 450 degree oven. And then the the dark meat can go back in and stay in for a little bit longer. You want the uh, your, the white meat to be 160 degrees. The dark meat should be about 180, which is really hard to do if you're cooking the thing all at once in mm. one big bird. Plus, uh, when you've got a giant spherical sort of bird thing, it's hard for the heat to get into the middle. It takes much longer. Yep. So anyway. All right. So Perfect. There you go. Try dry brining your uh, turkey next time. Turkey talk with yes, Dr. Sir. Steve. Well, it is the day before Thanksgiving. Day of course, before. it's going to come out. The day after. Yeah, the, the, day, <laughs> the day after. after. Thanksgiving, so That's I'm okay. an idiot. Everybody will be hungover well, with turkey. Well, because you're an idiot. Well, hopefully people will be still uh, celebrating their, their Thanksgiving. That's right. Well, that, they could file that for next year. The Thanksgiving weekend as well, or, or, for, or for Christmas maybe. Okay. The, holiday, the, next, the next big holiday. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... 
I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. So I've got some good uplifting news. Okay. Okay. And you guys are going to love this. So beer... Mm. Keeping with our holidays. Already, already paying attention. Yes, could be the key to preventing Alzheimer's. Really? What well, what I, I do know that what beer does is it makes you stand in front of the stage and yell the F word yeah, you say, at the bass player makes for you an hour. Say crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> at the Isotopes concert. <laughs> that's what beer does. I'm pretty sure that's not the only time you've done that. Mm-mm. Yeah, what was the other? Okay. Well, down? also what it does is make you stand up <laughs> on the table and yell the F word at uh, the guitar player at the um, Indigo's concert. Yes, Indigo's. Yep, Indigo's. I too. could not think of that name for anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. So researchers have found, um, a, a, or researchers suggest in a recent study that the hop flower extracts found in beer yes. could hold the key to preventing Alzheimer's, which is a form, common what? form of dementia. Woo-hoo! So I should make hoppy hop, beer. Hop kombucha. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Now that's a good idea. Okay, why hops, that. you may ask. Yeah, why hops? What's the deal? What do they got in <laughs> Generally acting as a stabilizing agent in beers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's I think that's why they started using hops a thousand years ago sure. to transport things. Yeah, because yeah. Because it gave yeah, stability. Sure, yeah. Yep. And, the other, you know. Makes total sense. And I bet, I mean, their beer back then didn't have much fizz to it. Couldn't, couldn't have, have had any. Couldn't have. No. It would be like the primary fermentation. I, I, I can't imagine how they would do a secondary fermentation back then. And unless... Well, it'd be very difficult. Yeah, yeah, I would. I wouldn't think so, but um, yeah. So that's what they're saying is that the hops, the stabilizing agents, um, and four common varieties of hop flower extracts to determine whether they would help prevent um, protein clumping affiliated with Alzheimer's. Okay, so this was in test tube. Yeah, yep, yep. Okay, so hop varieties is we love Cascade is probably my favorite. Um, Tetnong Summit hops, which. Is pretty familiar. I, I'm yeah. not familiar with S A A Z. I don't know. That's anyway. Cool. If we had P A John in here, he would wax eloquent about it, even yes. if he was just lying. Yeah, even though he doesn't know <laughs> jack shit he about doesn't make anyway. up stuff, but he would sound good. Yeah, now he's just stupid P A John again. <laughs> um, so there, so so anyway, so there's Poor no P A John. Yeah, we've not got a single cause identified Alzheimer's as far as just one simple thing. It's you know there's yeah. multiple factors: genetics. Lifestyle, environment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what they're saying is that hops may um, disrupt um, some of the um, clumping okay. mechanisms, you know, that, that might be causing some of the clumping that okay. causes Alzheimer's. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. going to. So we're going to. I got to get some hops. I'm going to put some what in about batch alcoholic um, kombucha. Yeah. 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 You can put, you can put alcohol oh, in yeah. it. Is it worth drinking? Oh, yeah. Totally. That, there's what you need to make, Scott. Yeah. Yes. 
Okay. I was just thinking. Well, you could just put vodka in. A little tequila or a little yeah. vodka in it. Oh, fine. okay. Or you could just do that. <laughs> or, or I'm thinking maybe hops now. There is like 0.5% alcohol in it. I see. There's probably a little bit of alcohol in there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, a little you bit. Know, um, interesting. So what do you think about that? That's good news. I think that's awesome. That's good news. Yeah, I want to know more about that. So, okay. So let's talk for a second. They've got this pr- preliminary data in vitro. Mm-hmm. We know hops are safe, basically, for consumption, at least in the doses that we do, that we use. So how would we determine whether hops in humans actually uh, in- decreases uh, the incidence of Alzheimer's disease? So we would uh, eventually, if we want to prove it, mm do a double-blind placebo-controlled study, right? Yep. Now, how do you do, how you, how do you, what dose do we use? We don't know. Yep. We got to make something up. So you have to, you come up with a dose, presumably one that's safe, yep. and you give it to a bunch, say 30, 40 people, and make sure they can tolerate it first. That's your phase one trial. Then, uh, are you okay? Yeah, I, think, I thought I was going to sneeze. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was just trying I just not to sneeze. Sure you're okay, if you're puking over there. No, gosh, no. <laughs> I, I, I was overjoyed. Scott's the, vomiting the, the over hop, here. The hop talk is making me I would me stop happy. talking. But anyway, so you would do that. Make sure that, the, because we don't know what the dose would be. We have no, no clue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, you uh, design a study where, you know, and we've talked about this enough on the show. I don't have to go into a lot of detail, where you give a 1,000 people the hops pill and a thousand people the placebo pill. There's right. no ethical reason not to do that because we don't have any real reason to think that that the hops thing is a standard of care. Yep. If it were, then we would have to come up with a more ethical way to do it. In other words, if we were depriving someone of a uh, 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 of a um, treatment that we know would help them, then you then you can't really give them a placebo, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So. So, uh, but in this case, it would be fine. And then now what? You got to follow them for decades. That's the problem with that. That is the problem with that one, yeah. So you'd have to have funding, and it would have to be the Hops Association, probably, whatever (laughs) that is. Yeah, would have to fund this thing. And then you would have to follow these people over decades. Now, it wouldn't cost that much money to do this. This would not be a billion dollar thing. Now, at the end of this, if you, you would have to, um, decode the um, the codes on the, the the people's little dose packs to see who got hops and who got placebo. Mm-hmm. And then you have to do um, basically uh, just a statistical analysis, like a chi-square analysis, to determine whether there was a statistical significance between the treatment group and the placebo group. Right. And was it positive? In other words, it could be statistically significant. They did worse. Mm-hmm. And then if uh, if you can do that, you can make a claim. Now, if it doesn't show anything, it doesn't tell you anything. What it tells you is either it doesn't work or you picked the wrong dose. Right. And you fucked up and you wasted 20 years. Right. You know, and now you got to start all over again and decide whether you've got the willpower to do it. That's why some of this science moves so slow, you know. And uh, uh, is because of those kinds of things. It's just impo- it's so difficult <clears throat> to do a study like this. And who's going to fund it? So what will happen is mm-hmm. people will just 
read this and go, oh, well, hops isn't going to hurt you. So here you go. Maybe this will help. And then you have people like me and, well, you and me taking a bunch of supplements that we hope will do something for us. Yep. You know, Ray Kurzweil, I, I don't know if he's still alive, but he was trying to extend his life till he could upload his brain into a computer. And he was taking like 200 supplements because anytime something would come out, at least this is what I heard, uh, uh, may or may not be true. Allegedly, uh, if you know, if a study came out that said this stuff might help in in vitro, in other words, in the test tube, then he would start taking it as long as it was safe. So yeah, my collection has increased. Now I'm taking phosphatidylserine because of you. Yes. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. And no, uh, I love this stuff. I think it and, uh, uh, and nicotinamide riboside mm-hmm. and uh, some other things. And uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, look decent for a 67-year-old, mm-hmm. so it might, maybe it's genetics or maybe some of that stuff's helping. I don't know. Maybe it's all those hops we've consumed in the last Yeah, maybe. It years. certainly isn't from all the <laughs> exercise I'm doing. That I've got to do something about. Yeah, um, I went on a good one today. I think I told you. I took the dogs up on the mountain. Did you? We did almost five miles. Yeah, that's awesome. And, I then, think, and then my cold therapy. Don't I usually give you the iFit uh, thing for Christmas? Isn't that a Christmas present? Yes. Yeah. So this will be the, what, the fourth year and we <laughs> use oh, the fucking thing. But, it's, but I'm this doing year it, anyway. it will be different. Yeah. She's retired this year. It's different. I got to look and see. I Usually they send me an email saying it's going to expire. It may have already expired. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway. All right. That's very interesting, Dr. Scott, and that's how we would determine that. Yep. And uh, but I am going to definitely get some hops and brew a batch of hoppy hoppy raspberry kombucha cool. and see what it tastes like. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Do I like you? It. I like it. I'm looking <laughs> forward see. to it. Okay. What else you got? Do you have anything else? Um, a couple. Yeah, but I've, there's I a couple you. questions. Yeah, I know you, you sent me a couple. You want to talk about the bubble? Talk the, about anything uh, you want. The uh, combination of ultrasound and nanobubbles allows cancerous tumors to be destroyed without any invasive treatments. Okay, let's talk about that. So yep. what's what did they do? So a new technology they're, they're looking at overseas makes it possible to destroy cancerous tumors in a targeted matter via combination of ultrasound and the injection of nanobubbles into the bloodstream. Okay. Whereas before they were actually, when they first started doing this, they were having some, some, some luck actually delivering the um, bubbles directly into the tumor itself, uh-huh. but it's pretty invasive. Okay. Um, and what they found now is they can actually put the these micro bubbles into the tumor and it... Um, oh, and they're forcing it in with forcing, the ultrasound. Yeah, and then forcing it with ultrasound, exactly. And then what that does is it is actually um, starting to... The bubbles go into the, the cancer, starves it of um, its blood supply and starts to lyse it. So it starts to kill the... The Interesting. Yeah, yeah, nanobubbles are 70 to 120 nanometers in size. Boy, those are really small. 2,500 times smaller than a single grain of salt. They can be formed using any gas and injected into any liquid. Due to their size, nanobubbles exhibit unique properties that improve numerous physical, chemical, and biological processes. So that's very, very interesting. Uh, yeah, so I guess the nanobubbles are filled with what? Oxygen? Uh, it. I'm looking to say? see what it's. I'm looking. Well, that could be air. Yeah, I think it's just oxygen, and then they hit it with the ultrasound because you need and agitates it. Yeah. Fluid yeah. to pass blood through uh, tissue to make um, you know to grow. Mm-hmm. And tumors need that too. Mm-hmm. And so if you could uh, put nanobubbles somehow in there, basically what it does is it robs the tumor of the ability to uh, get blood supply, and it would die. So, mm-hmm. but you've got to. 
get it to the right place and concentrate it there and keep it there. So maybe that's what the ultrasound is doing. Yep. So did they do these? What what situation was this? This was in a simulated. Well, he did. It was it was in breast tissue of mice. Okay. Okay. Well. Yeah. All right. But yeah. So mechanical stuff like this done in, you know, a murine model. That's mm-hmm. what that's called when you do it in mice. Okay. That's decent way to start for a human trial because, you know, they metabolize drugs differently than we do. Mm-hmm. So something that works in a mouse may not work in a human. But physics is the same for mice Most- and uh, you know, most humans. Yeah, humans yeah. So this is a physical process. The physics is the same. So it, this should work. So that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What they're what they're showing is these 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 nano bubbles cause um, by applying the um, the low frequency. <laughs> yeah. the, the the low frequency to them it, it does cause them to swell. Okay. And then they explode and it's and it. Oh, that's and, interesting. Yeah, and, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. See right. what they're doing is they're just agitating those nanobubbles to the point where they just lice and they explode. Yeah. So. Okay. Cool. Isn't crazy. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to all this kind of stuff. So that's on breast, and which kind of which kind of goes to we had a question earlier. Well, the thing is, that breast tumors in mice are on the uh, on the outside of the you know the rib cage, because breast tissue is you know superficial to the rib cage. Yep. Yep. Sure. So it's easy to get ultrasonic energy into that tissue, whereas if it was colon tissue, it'd be much harder to do. Yes. So that's why that's why they're using a breast model. Interesting. That would be my guess, anyway. Well, it makes good sense. Yeah, it would be nice if they could get to some other things like prostates and yeah. Well, you know, yeah, pr- you can get to a damn prostate. Yeah, the you know the back wall of the prostate is the front wall of the rectum. Yep, as many of us are very well, very aware. well aware. <laughs> but you know, you think about it, you could actually technically run a, an ultrasound. Yeah, up the colon. No, they do it all the time. Yeah, but then and then bust those nano, yeah. those nano bubbles. Yeah, wouldn't that be wild? It would be wild. Well, that's cool. All right. Yeah, we had a couple good, a good couple medical questions. Okay. Yeah, we probably should um, do that. Hang on a yeah. second. Yeah. Well, you're number one thing. Don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right. Thank you, Ronnie B. There was one just a minute ago about, and I'm trying to find it. It was okay. way back about our. our um, Oh, here we go. Kidney, kidney cancer. So um, um, Ryan uh, Kurtz has a, a question about a, they've got a cancerous golf ball-sized tumor um, in, in, in one of his father's kidneys. Okay. According to the urologist, it has not metastasized. Okay, good. Which is a good thing. They will perform a partial nephrectomy. Yes. And looking for some insight. So, so okay. Yeah, so, um, you know. A partial nephrectomy would be wonderful. Yeah, so partial, meaning they're not going to take out the whole thing. That part's easy. Nephrectomy, nephro relating to the kidney. Ectomy, meaning cut out. So they're going to remove part of the kidney. Yeah, which would be be outstanding. You know, the thing is with with the partial nephrectomy, they go right through the navel, and you can barely even see the scar. Really? Typically, yeah. I mean, it's a really small... Really small incision. Normally, if, if if things go well, obviously, but um, the recovery time for that, if it's not metastasized, should be pretty quick. And as long as he takes um, his doctor's advice, specifically the the nephrologist, who I'm sure he'll, or I would assume he'll see um, for follow-ups, is, you know, to protect his one kidney moving yeah. forward, which is going to be very important. Um, yeah, so if they do this laparoscopically, then Dr. Scott is correct. Mm-hmm. 
they make two to four incisions in the abdomen, about a half inch or less, and they get the this thin rod that's got a camera on the end, which is the laparoscope. Uh, and they do that into one incision so that they can see, and then the surgical tools go into the other incisions. And it's amazing. I've watched this. I don't know how the hell they do it. Oh, that's you great. just have to, your mindset has to be different. Mm-hmm. You know, now they can do an open nephrectomy too, so it just depends. You got to ask, yeah. which oh, one sure. are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. But um, yeah, that's um, as long as it hasn't metastasized, and that is, uh, you know, the prognosis is pretty good. As long as uh, pops is uh, in otherwise good decent physical shape, yeah. yeah. So, we, uh, please uh, let us know. And they can do robotic partial nephrectomies as well. You know, mm-hmm. if it's small enough, um, uh, they can do it. And it is a robot-assisted surgery. And the surgeon is in a different room mm-hmm. when they do this. Crazy. It's crazy. And, and yeah. um, it, it, it is, it's nuts. Yeah. Uh, and I've watched that as well. And they're, they don't have to scrub or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're wild. just sitting over there in this other room manipulating these little Waldo things. And the uh, surgery is going on in a different room. It could be in a different town. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, so, but it sounds like they must have found a pretty, pretty early for them to only have to do a partial nephrectomy, yep. which yeah. is a really good thing. Yeah, it's major surgery, but uh, so you'll have to go through the whole anesthesia and all that stuff. And uh, the oh, anesthesiologist yeah. will make sure that you're fit for surgery and, and that kind of thing. And so, uh, you know, but let us know how that goes and give your dad our best. It was a dad. Dad, yeah, and tell him and tell him just to diet. There's a lot of dietary things he can do to help protect that other kidney. And um, oh yeah, but he but he should. Well, it does make the rest of your kidneys a little bit more um, uh, precious. Yes, we have two. Yes. You can live with one. Fragile, right? It's now rather it's be, very fragile. Now it's going to be very fragile. <laughs> All right, so um, he's got a question. Any benefit from getting MS diagnosed early? Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, so he thought he had just had depression, but WebMD has him convinced he has MS. Oh, oh. So, okay. So that's that's a little bit of a tricky question. Yeah. Because um, MS can really is a, can can look like a, about a thousand different things. Sure it can. It can, it's like. It a lot of things. It's like um, fungal infections can mimic other things mm-hmm. very often. They uh, particularly on a if you get fungal infection in your lung, it looks like cancer or something like that. Mm. The other thing is when you get on the internet, you've got everything. Exactly. Yep. And uh, so you know it's a disease that affects the central nervous system. We have a friend or two that have it, and uh, you know people who have MS may have you know numbness or tremors or vision problems. I had I know somebody that. They would know that the multiple sclerosis was coming uh, because Having they would a flare. Yeah, they would right. They've got a flare because they would have uh, it was like a screen going over their eye. So it uh, in multiple sclerosis, the immune system uh, attacks this sheath. That it's basically insulation. You know the wiring in your house. Mm-hmm. It's got that rubber. Yep. A coating over it because if you just had bare wires, they'd all short out, right? Mm-hmm. Cause fires. Yeah, and cause fires <laughs> and stuff. And we have um, the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. This was invented way before we ever thought about transmitting electricity from one place to the other. Nature had already done it. 
This is, it's transmitting electrical impulses from one place to another. It's amazing. And dealing with quantum objects and stuff, the, the uh, life on Earth is an amazing thing. But anyway, uh, this, this protective sheath is called myelin, and it covers the nerve fibers. And uh, what happens is when you attack it, you get interruptions in it, and it causes communication problems between the brain and the rest of your body. And there's a lot of, a couple of, you know, several different kinds of, of multiple sclerosis. And one is the, you know, chronic remitting where they have attacks and then they're okay in between time. Mm-hmm. And then there are other people who get this sort of chronic progressive disease where they just get worse and worse. And Primary worse. progressive, yeah. So, um, you know, when you have numbness or weakness in one or more limbs, and it typically occurs on one side of the body at a time, that might be suggestive of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, these sort of shocking sensations that occur with certain neck movements, but that could be lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, tremors, unsteady gait, which is why this is difficult to uh, diagnose because there's lots of things that can cause tremors and unsteady gait. Uh, loss of vision, maybe double vision. Other things can cause that too. We've got a good friend of this show that had double vision. He didn't have MS. He had Graves' disease alluded to it, so I'm not saying anything that he wouldn't say. And uh, Graves' disease is a disease of the eyeballs that is caused by thyroid disease. It causes your eyeballs to to bloop out, and now they don't work perfectly anymore. They don't track anymore. Mm-hmm. You can get slurred speech, fatigue, dizziness, that kind of stuff. So most people have this sort of remitting uh, relapsing, relapsing course where it comes right. and goes. But again, as we said, there are people that have... Um, Primary progressive. Right. Now, uh, we usually... There's several ways you can diagnose this. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they would do if they really thought that you had it would be to uh, get an MRI. And the MRI, you can see the changes in the myelin sheathing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's pretty diagnostic. Mm-hmm. But anyway... You got anything on it? Uh, yeah, just go get it. If you think you have, yes, I guess his question is, I looked at the internet and I think I have this. Mm-hmm. Should I go or should I wait? If you, if it's wearing on your mind, you wake up in the middle of the night. Our son, you remember Beck used to think he had rabies? Mm-hmm. You remember that? And then yes. he would wake up and say, Dad, can you get rabies from licking the peanut butter jar or something? Cause, which told me he'd been licking the peanut butter <laughs> jar. And it's like, no, dude, you can't. And he'd go, okay, and he'd go back right. to bed. Yeah, but he, it would wear on his mind for a while. That went on for a little while. Uh, this can wear on your mind and bug you, and it can mess up your lifestyle, and your memory starts to go because you have these intrusive thoughts about having multiple sclerosis. Go get checked out, mm-hmm. you know? Definitely. Do it at your next primary care visit if you can wait that long if you can't make an appointment yeah certainly yeah it's a it's a really tough thing to treat and the relapsing remitting sometimes a little bit easier taking away some of the it's gotten a lot easier yeah we yeah. used to have no treatment other right. than steroids yeah. and back in the day but now they've got these biologicals and stuff and uh, really they've gotten so much better mm-hmm. plasma exchange you can do plasma phoresis just clean cleanse your body of the offending antibodies yep. yeah i've even seen them do a bone marrow transfer here where they radiate all the kill all the bone marrow and put really it, yeah 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 but that's um that's the extreme version Wow, I've yeah. not I have not heard of that, but yep. uh, I'm not an expert on this. No, 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 uh, they do no. interferons. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are monoclonal antibodies that can you know modify the disease. So yeah, you know, all kinds of stuff. 
and uh, neurologists typically are the ones that treat this. And, um, you know, it is it is way, way, way more treatable now than it was. And I'm looking – and, Scott, I believe you, but I'm looking yeah, at yeah, Mayo no, totally, Clinic. Totally. And I don't see anything about bone marrow I'll, I'll, replacement I'll, on that. I'll but, yeah, it was actually um, – I'm not saying it, yeah. that it isn't, but that's that's outside my experience. So. But anyway um, – <laughs> so Amy was saying that Nano Bubbles was her stripper name until she grew boobies. <laughs> <laughs> Nano Bubbles. <laughs> another person I can think of that isn't here today. Oh, I love it. 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 All right. Um, you got anything uh, else from the waiting room? We've got a couple other regular calls. Yeah, somebody else had one. I think okay. Bob Bob was it Bob Bobbington had one. Okay. Let's see. Okay, medical question. Since yesterday evening, I have this itch on my wrist, wrists, both wrists, uh, my neck, some of my fingers, some of my chest, as if there's something allergic, some kind of allergic reaction. Okay. There's no rash or any other visible signs. Hmm. Um, no other symptoms. No bug bites that would have caused it. What should I do? Just take some Claritin or something similar? Um, he doesn't usually have allergies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ask him uh, if he's a. Big time drinker. Big time drinker. Yeah. Um, smoker. Yeah, well, changes I'm, medications or anything like that. Yeah. Any of those things, you know, I'm, I'm being somewhat ridiculous. He yeah. would know. Uh, cirrhosis can certainly cause itching all over. Uh, there are lots of things that can cause itching all over. But if it's if it comes and goes, see, that, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Cirrhosis and those other really uh, dangerous things don't come and go. They come and stay. So uh, it's more likely that he got into some weird detergent. If it's only in places where, where his clothes touch, then it's most likely yeah, a wrist nature. That's what yeah. I was thinking too. Uh, it's more likely contact like dermatitis. So, kind of yes, thing. you can just take something. If it goes away, forget about it. If it doesn't go away, then yeah, I get it checked. Yeah. Claritin, yeah. Benadryl, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah, reasonable. Over-the-counter stuff, it's totally fine. It's hard to— No drinking, no smoking. Hold okay, on. good deal. It's okay. hard to bathe your whole body in cortisone, so it's easier to take a non-drowsy antihistamine like um, fexofenadine, a.k.a. Allegra or something like that. All um, right? Yep. All right. Not Anything believe. else? Okay, let's do this one. I think we're good, yep. Uh-oh. Hey, Dr. Steve and Dr. Scott. Hey. Hey. Uh, I'm a 26-year-old guy, and uh, so sometimes when I'm laying in bed at night, you know, gherkin the gherkin. Excellent. And uh, after I, uh, you know, bust a nut. <laughs> All these euphemisms. <laughs> bur- bur- jerking the gherkin and busting oh a nut. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll get this sensation like I really have to, like, take a piss. Yeah. Or or I'll doze off, and after 20 minutes, half hour, yes. I'll, I'll, like, get up. With this sudden urge to piss. Yeah, I know what this is already. Now, sometimes I go piss, and then it just gets worse. Yes. In any case, I have to sit on the toilet and, you know, just letting out dribbles of piss for intermittently for, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. And and just, just keep doing that until this sensation subsides. Yeah. Now, I've I've tried Googling this, and... You need to listen to our show more because we've <laughs> talked about this before. I know exactly what this is, and I can I can get you off the toilet.
toilet. The question I have is when he's jerking his gherkin in yeah. bed, what's he do with the, you know, with the, uh, with the product? The fluid? To just go on his stomach and then he squeegees Gross. it down. Oh, Squeegee it down oh, with his on, underwear. Well, disgusting. There is, disgusting. There is a comedian out there that that's their closing, uh, their closing jokes. No, everything wanna... on Google just says, ah, oh, you got a UTI or ah, oh, you got an STD. Wrong. Wrong. Now, nope. Wrong. I don't. Okay, I, this goes on. I am interested to see what else. I have any say, burning so. when I'm pissing during the day. Right. I've you know been tested regularly for STDs, mm-hmm. and I'm always negative. Yep. Um, and I just have no idea what this is. And it had. To- okay, he keeps going. I, I am very curious, but we are kind of running out of time. I'm very curious to see what he has to say. Uh, I I know what this is. This is spasm of the urethra. Yep. And, urethrospasms. Uh, I should have just asked you. That was one I should have asked you. Here, Scott, do you know what this is? It's a urethral spasm, of Give course. yourself a bill! Yes, a bill, finally, before the time uh, runs that's out. Right. <laughs> so, I never get those. Yes, you do. You I get do one every not. day. Don't oh. want one. <laughs> give yourself a bill! G- give you Didn't one anyway. That's not fair. I'm going to give you one anyway. Here's another one. <laughs> give yourself a bill! <laughs> Yeah, that's not fair. It was funny when I, I gave Anthony a couple of those when he was on our <laughs> podcast or on the Patreon show. Check us out at patreon.com slash weirdmedicine, by the way. Uh, we recently had Pete Davidson on there. That was a great show. Got him for all of 10 minutes. But ten anyway, minutes. Um, this year, and uh, we've had Anthony Cumia, Bobby Kelly, Joe DeRosa, uh, Mark Normand, and some other folks like that. So, um, uh, Yep, yeah, we had uh, Greg Opie Hughes. We've had Jim Norton. Um, the this is urethral spasm. Other people have this. Let me tell you what to do. When this happens, and I, you know how I know this because I, from experience. You've experienced yes. this. Take a glass or something, a cup, and put warm, thimble. not hot water. Thimble. In it. Yeah, a thimble. You're hilarious. <laughs> and then you're going That's to funny. dip. Give him a bill. I didn't know the bill. Okay, yeah. Yes, right. it's Thanksgiving. Thank right, you, Dave. Okay, let's see. You are a liar. Actress, go the out. You um, dip your penis into this warm water. Now, it needs to be warm enough. It's, it needs to be slightly warmer than body temperature. Has this happened to our glasses and our yeah, The one house. that you drink out of? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, I clean it out afterward. Oh, Don't worry about good. it. Oh, good. Great. Um, I'm, you know, obviously I'm kidding. But you uh, dip your penis in this warm water, and this sensation will immediately go away. Now, if it doesn't, it's not warm enough, but don't make it so hot that you injure yourself. It cannot be hot. I don't want to hear about somebody, I'm telling you, not too hot. It needs to be just above body temperature. And uh, so test it before you put your junk in it. Okay. Dunk. So Amy says, dunk your junk. I yes. think that's that'd <laughs> dunk be a your good junk. Name. That'd be a good band name for us. Dunk, be a good dunk, t-shirt. Dunk your junk. Good t- t-shirt with a penis going into a glass of warm water. And no one would understand why you had this horrible image. But yeah, that'll that normally will take care of it. And that will you'll be right back to bed. And to whatever you can clean up, whatever mess you made. Otherwise, all right, all right. Well, let's get out of here. Um, thanks. Always go to Doctor Scott. Thanks, Tacy. You're welcome. Didn't Thank hear you. too much from you today, but That's okay. Uh, yeah, all right. I was well, drinking. Next time. Oh, okay. you are drinking. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Oh, okay. Am I gonna have any fun tonight? No, nope. no. You gonna be cooking? Nope. 
right. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. <sighs> Thanks to everyone who's made the show happen over the years. Uh, listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 or 10 p.m. Eastern, on demand, the best way, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Goodbye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. (laughs) I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.